and you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Lucrate Milk. She told me about the Leeds Permanent Building Society, Danger Records reissue from... 2013 brought to you by Johnny Cat Records. Yes, Johnny Cat Records. Thank you, Johnny from Portland. Just handed me a whole bunch of Lucrate Milkish type records. Well, one was Lucrate Milk and also a whole bunch of stuff from the Johnny Cat record label. We're going to play some of that on the Nardwater Human Serviette radio show today and some stuff on the Danger record label, the reissue label that reissued Lucrate Lucrate Milk from France, 1981. And today on the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show, speaking of Europe, an interview with King Khan and the Shrines. King Khan and the Shrines from Germany. Today on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. And King Khan and the Shrines will be playing in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, this coming Tuesday at the rickshaw, King Khan and his shrines. King Khan and his shrines on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. And as I mentioned, King Khan and his shrines are from Germany. So thought I would get you ready for King Khan and his shrines with some German music. Here are the blizzards from Germany, 1966, with Hab Klein! Hab keine Lust, heute aufzustehen. Ist mir viel zu blöd, ist ihm viel zu blöd, jetzt in das Bad zu gehen. Mit den bloßen Füßen über den kalten Flur, mit seinen großen bloßen Füßen über den kalten Flur. Hab keine Lust, heute aufzustehen. Hab keine Lust. Wäre sie noch hier, doch sie ist weg. Es ist zum Schreien, so ganz allein. Ich rühre mich nicht vom Fleck. Warum bringt mir keiner den Kaffee ans Bett? Warum bringt mir keiner seinen schwarzen Kaffee ans Bett? Ich hab keine Lust, heute aufzustehen. Hab keine Lust, heute aufzustehen. Ich bleibe im Bett den ganzen Tag. Ich schlaf wieder ein. Weil ich nicht aufstehen mag Nach dem weichen Haare kämmen welch ein Kraus Seine dünnen Haare fallen ihm ja doch bald aus Hab keine Lust, heute aufzustehen Hat keine Lust, heute aufzustehen Hab keine Lust, heute aufzustehen Hab keine Lust, heute aufzustehen 
You're still listening to the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard from 1966, Little Lord from Germany. And before that, from Belgium, the kids with no monarchy. And before that, the blizzards from Hamburg, Germany with Hab Klein. And today on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with, from Germany, King Khan and the shrines right now gonna play the bastards another record that was given to me thank you johnny cat mr johnny from johnny cat records in portland oregon the bastards the bastards is actually the kids this is the kids from 1977 who we played earlier disguised as the bastards and this was only released in italy but it's been reissued on the sing sing record label the Bastards. We're going to hear Job in Town. And then we're going to hear something from the Johnny Cat record label. Welcome home, Walker, on the skids. And then coming up, an interview with King Con and his, and the, and whatever you'd want to say, Shrines. Here are the Bastards. <laughs>
and you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there from Portland, Oregon, the Red Dawns with West Bank. And before that, also from Portland, Oregon, Welcome Home Walker with On the Skids from the Mutant Party 7-inch, the Portland Mutant Party 7-inch on Johnny Cat Records, featuring Defect Defect, Welcome Home Walker, Youth Bitch, The Red Dawns, and Guantanamo Baywatch. Thank you, Johnny Cat, for that. And also, thank you, Johnny Cat Records, for The Bastards. We heard The Bastards, a.k.a. The Kids, with Job in Town, released in Italy, 1977. Really, The Kids. Now, it was reissued on the Sing Sing record label, but given to me by Johnny again from Johnny Cat Records. Thank you, Johnny Cat. Coming up, an interview with King Con from King Con and The Shrines. And right now, to prepare you for King Con and King Con and the Shrines, I have some Jay Riotard. Here's Jay Riotard with Hammer, I Miss You.
You're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And we have a caller on the line. Hello, caller. Are you there? Hello, I am here. Who are you? Hello, my name is King Khan. King Kong, welcome to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show for the fourth time, or at least this is the fourth time that I've interviewed you. Wow, amazing. And King Con, I've never really acknowledged fully the other members of King Con and the Shrines. Who else is in King Con and the Shrines? Ooh, there's uh, a whole bunch of us. There's, um, on the guitar, there's Mr. Speedfinger. Um, on the organ from France, uh, there's Fredovich. He comes from Bordeaux. There's, um, Simon. Simon says on the trumpet. There's Ron Streeter on percussions, John Boy Adonis on drums, uh, Baby Jeunesse on bass. Uh, who am I forgetting now? Oh, Big Fred on saxophone. Ben Ra also on saxophone. I think I got everyone there. How about dancers, King Kong? Because you've had dancers in the past. Are there dancers on this particular tour? There's no dancers on this tour. Why is that? In- yeah, we, had, we had a couple of dancers in the past, but they often eat more than we can afford. And how is Kristen, your old tour manager? She's doing good. She's, she's, she's changing San Francisco. In what way? As we speak. In she's, what? she's like a fashion icon now. And a little while back... She's homeless people in the, uh, in the tenderloin, making them look really fresh. 
And you were saying, speaking of tenderloin, that's how the difference is created between King Kong and the shrines and King Kong and barbecue. With King Kong and barbecue, you just chop up barbecue and drop them into water and it expands into the sea monkeys that are King Kong and the shrines, right? Oh, I, okay, I guess I've said that before. Like, uh, like the Japanese animation uh, monsters. Jay Riotard, we played earlier on the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show, Hammer, I Miss You. And I wanted to ask you, is it true he's buried behind Isaac Hayes? He is right next to him, actually. He's his neighbor in Houston. We played Born to Die as well by King Kong and the Shrines. And in King Kong and the Shrines, do you have a chocolate watch band influence at all? Because I kind of felt there was a bit of chocolate uh, watch band I in do, that song. I do, I do enjoy the chocolate watch band. Especially that song Expo 2000. That sort of nice feel of Expo 2000, that instrumental. What can you say about the song Born to Die? Uh, it's a song I wrote a long time ago. Um... In fact, it was written uh, uh, shortly after the Black Lips had left my studio at my house when they did the Let It album. So it, it was quite a long time ago when I wrote that song, and uh, and I, yeah, it took a long time to, uh, to get it done, but I'm I'm really happy with it. The new I, I was just I'm sad that there's not a James Bond movie out right now called Born to Die because it might fit. And it's also the idle no more movement out. So you're really capitalizing on a lot of great catchphrases. <laughs> well, it's a catchphrase. Huh? And I'm, you are. I'm King- very happy that that's going on. And you are King Con from King Con and the Shrines coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada this Tuesday at the Rickshaw, right? This Tuesday in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, right, King Con? I can't wait, yeah. What was the last time of Vancouver like to you? What do you remember about the last gig in Vancouver? Uh, I remember the security guards had rape gloves on, which was really kind of disturbing. So I hope that the security guards don't have those black gloves. Have you encountered those before in other venues? Um, not really, actually. Or maybe, I don't know. I don't really pay attention. Uh, I guess it was kind of shocking to see them, so I'm assuming that that was maybe the first time. But uh, it, got re- it was really uh, wild and crazy and lots of bodies flying around her. King Kong, one of your songs, Bite My Tongue on the new LP, which is amazing, has cricket sounds. I love the cricket sounds. Do I hear crickets on Bite My Tongue? There are, there are crickets, yes. We had to train them because uh, I once had a flea uh, circus, but uh, I kept them near a microwave for too long and then they evolved and now they're crickets. It's a great sound effect. You have a lot of great sound effects, like live sound effects that you grow. Yes, thank you. You also mentioned King Kong Adderall. What's that? There's an Adderall mention in one of your songs. Adderall. No, no, And it made me think drugs. Do you remember the hip-hop band from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, the Swollen Members at all, King Kong? No, I don't. The Swollen Members, a great hip-hop band from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Mad Child from The Swollen Members, spent $3 million on drugs. Now he's clean, wow. but he spent $3 million of his savings on drugs. How much, money, how much money do you think $3 million is? Do you know other people that have spent $3 million on drugs? How much do you think King Kong and the Shrines have spent on drugs total? Oh, 
that's a tough call. I, I have no idea. But lucky... One of those things that's kind of, you don't really measure. Luckiest Man is about LSD? The song Luckiest Man is about LSD? Uh, no, it's actually about, about love. True love. Which I guess some people maybe call LSD something like that. Let's swing down for some love with King Con and the Shrines. And we have King Con and the Shrines, King Con live on the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show. If anybody has any questions for King Con, it's 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR. Or you could also tweet, if you want to, at Nardwar, N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R, 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR, or tweet at Nardwar, N-A-R-D. It's always, it's always better twatted. Twatted on over to King Con <laughs> from King Con and the Shrines. And King Con, since I talked to you last, the sad passing of Dickie from Blue Cheer. You knew Bl- Dickie oh, from Blue Cheer. Yes, I was really good friends with Dickie. He was, he was a really great man. And he actually told me the greatest stories I've ever heard of in, in rock and roll. And it was relating to LSD, wasn't it? Wasn't there like an LSD slave? Could you please tell that story again? Wasn't there some LSD slave story? Uh, it wasn't really a slave story, but uh, he was telling me about uh, about him uh, going to visit Owsley, who was this manufacturer of LSD, who had a uh, who had he had obviously quite a lot of money, and he had bought a church, an abandoned church in the Redwood Forest, and inside the church they made a giant teepee, and and that's where they would uh, receive guests, and in the basement they had their their laboratories. And the chemists would make tons of LSD. And one day, one of the chemists came upstairs, and he had a glass of what he said was the purest, or the most highly concentrated LSD he ever made. And he left the glass on the table. And then his own wife came into the room later that day and took a sip out of this glass. And in one sip, I think it was something like 800 hits of LSD or something. And and then she uh, then she turned into a baby. And, and then he, then he brought, he bought an island somewhere in the Pacific and raised his child from infancy. Did you meet? Did raised, raised his wife. That was it, because she re- story, she regressed all the way back to a little child after having that sip. Right, right. Where did Big you? Sips. Where did you meet Dickie? Was it in Germany? Have you met a lot of legends in Germany? Is Germany a good place to meet the legends of rock and roll? It is actually. Uh, he was um, he was living in Cologne, and uh, he had a beautiful wife there named Mad Dog. And it was funny because whenever he would talk to me about his wife and call her Mad Dog, I was imagined this kind of like really tough uh, kind of biker woman. But when I met her, she was actually like this twenty-seven year old uh, school teacher, really beautiful. And uh, and they had been married for uh, quite a long time, and uh, yeah, he he's uh, he's one of the definitely one of the greatest uh, greatest storytellers I ever met. How about Arthur Lee? Did you ever meet Arthur Lee at all? I did. I had I had dinner with Arthur Lee, and uh, and we were talking, and uh, actually he made a joke about Blue Cheer because I asked him if he what he thought about Blue Cheer, and then kind of lowered his sunglasses, and then I saw his eyes, which is kind of a rare thing, 
they're kind of googly. And then he told me he he said that that Blue was kind of like a Jimi Hendrix ripoff. But uh, I was but we talked quite a lot, you know, Philly, and uh, yeah, actually he said something. I asked him if he had any family, and he looked at me and he said that he's like, I don't got a mama, I don't got a papa, I don't have any children, I dance alone. And then it kind of it kind of got really kind of a little bit weepy, and he had a little bit of a tear forming in his eye. What was the gig like? Was he playing in Germany? How was his band? I've seen some clips. Is I, that the tour? I I, I I played with him in Norway at a, at a it was at a blues festival, and um, it was amazing. He had uh, he had these professional musicians playing his songs, and, uh, you know did did all of like Love's great greatest hits, and it was beautiful. He sang great. King Kong, from King Kong and the Shrines, you wore sort of Kanye West glasses. I've seen you wearing sort of like Kanye West-type glasses. Have you ever met Kanye West? Because I know you've met Fab Five Freddy. I did. I did. I met Kanye in a festival in, in, uh, in uh, Portugal. What was and the... I told him that my little brother was a fan of his. What was the interaction? How did you get close to him? Um, I don't know, it was just, we, we were playing a festival, and we were all backstage, and he was hanging out, and I said hello to him, and we took a photo together. It's funny, sometimes people, uh, like, I, I remember when I, I met Cypress Hill, and their manager was, it turned out to be a huge fan of mine, and, uh, and then I got to hang out with Cypress Hill, and I, it was at a festival in, in France, and I got to go, they invited me to come on stage with them, and I was just hanging on stage, Smoking, uh, smoking huge joints with uh, with Cypress Hill while they were rapping. How about arm in arm. how about the spits? How did you get the spits wisdom teeth? Can you tell the people about that? Because getting the spits wisdom teeth that seems almost more difficult than meeting Kanye West. <laughs> Actually, it was just because uh, I, I offici- I'm an official member of the spits now, and. Uh, that, the, the wisdom teeth I got is uh, Ernie, uh, who played or- organ or keyboards with them for many years. Uh, we were good, really good friends, and uh, he noticed that I loved to collect teeth. And uh, he came to a show in San Diego once, and he he had made a necklace of his wisdom teeth to give to me. So for many years, I had his teeth around my neck. What's it like when you go through security with all this stuff? Because you love voodoo dolls, you love teeth. Right. What's it, what are the tricks to get through security? I mean, you I know s- what? I had I had one of the funniest things happen to me in Atlanta. This was shortly after nine eleven. Uh, I went to Atlanta after me and me and uh, barbecue were in uh, Brazil, and I I got all these teeth and voodoo sculptures and statues and. And I had one suitcase full of this stuff. And when I went to Atlanta, I had bl- I'd dyed my hair blonde. I looked really freakish. And uh, the security guard immediately, or the customer, would just immediately pointed to this room where I had to go and get searched. But then when I was going to get searched, the uh, security uh, officer that was going to search me was this, like, I think he, he, I, he was a black Muslim. He had this name, like, uh, something Muhammad al-Shabazz or something like that. And, uh, and then when I saw him, I, I, I just told him, I was like, Assalamu alaikum. And, and he looked at me, he's like, Walaikum assalam, brother. And he opens up my bag and he looked at all the stuff. He's like, Welcome to Atlanta. 
<laughs> and then they just let me right in. So I guess in some ways I've been blessed. What would have people seen if they were there with the security guard? Just curious, what was in your package? Because not everybody has seen your package, or maybe they have seen your package. Or I think <laughs> you've worn your package on a few audience members' heads when your skirts have filled audience members' eyes. Right. But what would they see in your package? Not that package, but, you know, the package, you know, the, the suitcase. Yeah, there were several, uh, well, I guess at that time I was really interested in uh, in in checking out, like, uh strange voodoo culture kind of stuff. And so in Brazil, I was invited to a church there, and that's where I got all my donkey teeth from. I got necklaces for the whole band. from. I got them sent, actually, from this this, uh, this place in Brazil. And uh, and so, yeah, I'd, 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 they'd given me different things, little statues of uh, strange deities and, uh, and bone necklaces and, and teeth necklaces. So I had an assortment of really strange things, and a lot of them are wrapped in newspaper, you know, and, and so I guess, you know, it, all those mysterious packages, they, they uh, but they didn't, the, the security guard was understood. And we're speaking here to King Con from King Con and the Shrines, playing Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, this Tuesday yes. at the Rickshaw. If anybody has any questions for King Con, it's 604-822-2487, 604-UBC-CITR, or you can also twat or tweet at at <laughs> Nardwar, N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R. Now, King Kong, you have a brand new LP out. Where was it recorded? Was it recorded at Moon Studios, your studio? Where have you recorded over years? Because so, you. Be- oh, some parts were recorded, like some vocal stuff was done in, at home, uh, but most of it was done uh, in Hamburg, in a um, an art studio, and uh, the other parts were done in Berlin, and uh, and it was mixed and mastered and stuff. Actually, it was mastered in in London. By the uh, by, the guys from Soul Jazz, or the guy who does a lot of Soul Jazz records. So what, uh, what yeah, were, it went all over the place. What were his comments? What were your instructions to the Soul Jazz guy when he was doing the mixing and stuff? Oh, I, I, he was doing the mixing. He was doing mastering. But I basically, I mean, he's one person that I, I guess, whose ears I would trust the most. I mean, I love a lot of the Soul Jazz stuff that, or actually, most of it that they've put out. So. We just kind of, there weren't really any instructions. It was just like, please master this. And he did a, he did a great job. King Kong, would you ever go back to Toe Rag at all? Toe Rag Studios? And what was Toe Rag like? I was just visiting, actually, just recently. What was it like there when you recorded? How has it changed? Is it exactly the same? Oh, uh, it's, uh, it's very, it's very much the same, but there's lots of, you know, for knickknacks that he's got all over the place. I mean, it really is like going into a time machine. And and right now, uh, Liam has probably the, the coolest hair that I've seen him ever have. He looks kind of like a, one of those bikers in the Altamont video. He's got, you know, the one with the Rolling Stones. What? So he's got this really tough kind of biker, biker beard and hair. And, uh, and he sits there and he, and yeah, he's, he's, Right now, into uh, recording uh, like Black Sabbathy kind of rock. King Kong, 
You have a brand new LP out, as I mentioned, on Merge Records, on Merge. Was there any chance you were going to release it on Vice? Uh, no, we, we were actually looking for someone. I mean, our, our thing with Vice had ended after we did the, 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 the Supreme Genius Best Of comp, and, and they re-released uh, What Is. And uh, we were, yeah, we were just in search for a, a label that we could work with in the future. I think, yeah, Vice has gone into, like, being uh, a new CNN. So they keep kind of going in that direction. But I'm really happy with Merge. They, uh, I like working with people from the South. They, and, they cure meat. And we have, we have a question. That's one of the things I talk to them about most, actually. We have a tweet twat question for you, King Kong. And it comes from Nargil from Nargil, and he says, okay. will the almighty defenders ever happen again? Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about it, but uh, I, I mean, I, I hope so. Well, now that me and Mark are talking again, I mean, we took a three-year break from each other, so uh, now that, yeah, we, we've talked about it, and um, I hope so. And speaking of other acts, Mary Ocher, who is Mary Ocher, and where did you find her? Wow, I'm so happy that you... Have you heard her album? I heard little clips online. It's incredible. It seems there's a big she, King Kong influence. What can you tell the people? Mary Ocher. It seems like a very interesting story. Yeah, she's amazing. She's, I mean, she was born in Russia and then grew up in Tel Aviv and then uh, moved to Berlin. And uh, um, I actually... I actually thought... Uh, well, my drummer, uh, John Boydonis from The Shrines, was following her at different concerts around Berlin, and then he told me I, I had to go see her, and I asked him what kind of music she plays, and he was like, it's kind of like protest music. So then I went and checked it out, and uh, yeah, my, my mouth just dropped. I mean, she she sings like an opera singer. She's Her, her presence on stage is like David Bowie, like, like from that, that same planet, like Ziggy Stardust kind of planet. And uh, she's got this like, Kate Bush thing going on, and and uh, and and a little bit of Buffy Marie too. I mean, her her, her lyrics are really uh, political and and beautiful, and um, and so she was. Um, when I saw her play, there was two people in the audience. It was me and 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 my drummer, and I, I asked her if she. Uh, I told her if she wanted to. Uh, I'd love to produce her. So she with year she came and did a bunch of sessions at my house and it was actually during the time where I was heavily medicated so for me it was quite uh, beautiful to just you know sit and you know throw some mics around and, and help her produce this record it, it was kind of like a really good healing thing for my brain what can you tell the people about the other members of King Kong and the Shrines? Just being here too. King Kong from King Kong and the Shrines. Specifically, you mentioned them, John Boy and Mr. Speedfinger. John Boy was in Haunted Henschel and Mr. Speedfinger <laughs> was in Haunted Henschel and the Dog Food 5. What can you tell the people about Haunted Henschel and the Dog Food 5? Well, well actually, Haunted Henschel, the singer, was a kind of a a real freak and uh i think one of their album covers uh there's a uh it's like a sea of happy meal toys and in the middle is a vagina with an eyeball inside of it and uh, it was actually the sister of the singer 
of the band. So basically, that's a, that's a fun fact for you. The Dog Food Five and Haunted Henshaw. Right. The Dog Food Five is actually funny too because their singer uh, used to be the booker for was my first uh, booking agent in uh, back. He booked the spaceships. What about doing corporate gigs? I've noticed you've done some corporate sponsored gigs. Quite a few, like Scion, Converse. What's the trick to get those gigs? They seem really fun, don't they? Um, they, they can be fun, uh, or they can be really terrible. It, uh, I mean, we just I just recently did one with, with Barbecue where uh, it was for the uh, bass player from The Clash had released a line of leather jackets. Uh, it was in London, and we played there, and uh, and it was really, really strange. How did you but, get that? I mean, because people don't. Sometimes people don't really come there to have a party. They just come there to, I guess you know, get their picture taken, and and you know, meet meet famous little scenesters and stuff. So that was Paul Simonon's leather jackets. Did you get a leather jacket? What were they like? No, but they were very expensive. They were like $3,000. So how did you get booked for that gig? You must have a... Is it the Dog Food um, 5 giving you those he, gigs? No, no, he doesn't work with me anymore. But, um, no, we, uh, people just uh, call us and ask. You know, we... Uh, it's, it's, I mean, I've been doing this long enough that I guess, you know, in strange places. Did you guys do any Clash was, covers at all? Like, were you requested to do Should I Stay or Should I Go? Did you do anything like that? Perfect. I'm sorry, it broke up there. What was that? Did you do any Clash covers? No. No. And we're speaking here to King Kong from King Kong and the Shrines, coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, this Tuesday night to the rickshaw. King Kong from King Kong and the Shrines. And King Kong, have Norton Records taught you anything about Sun Ra? Like, you love Sun Ra. Have you got any rarities through Norton Records? Just knowing Billy I, and Miriam. I did, actually. And I got a CD of stuff that I wasn't supposed to share with anyone from the doo-wop recordings. Because uh, Billy and Miriam, they, um, they actually met uh, one of the members. I think it was, he was a drummer that played with them with the orchestra and I think he was homeless and God gave him a home in the in his in his uh, spaceship and uh, and basically gave him all the archives of all these recordings and stuff and and then uh, he went and gave them to uh, Billy and Miriam and also also they put out a poetry book of uh, of Sunrise too yeah they're really wonderful people other bands Daptone bands, Meyer Hawthorne, Chain in the Gang. Have you had any interaction with any of those bands at all? Daptone, Meyer Hawthorne, Chain in the Gang? Chain in the Gang, yeah. I'm really good friends with Ian. He's, he's great. I, I see him, see him almost every year, once in a while, like either in... Uh, last time I was in Berlin with Chain in the Gang. I really, I really love their music. Being in Germany, you meet all sorts of different people. Who from Canada has visited you in Germany? Just out of curiosity, who from Canada has come over and visited you? Hmm. Like anybody from? Yeah, well, Bloodshot Bill, obviously. I mean, he's like family. But um, from Canada, I don't know. I can't really think of anyone other than Bloodshot Bill. 
How about old German bands? Have you recorded any old German bands or are you into the old German 60s bands like the Lords, the Blizzards, the Rattles? I've played a few of those before you came on the air. Are you into any oh, of those? Cool. Yeah, I like, I like that music. I mean, I remember hearing those trans, Transworld Punk compilations and enjoying those too. But maybe those are a lot of Dutch bands. But, um, I mean, PVC, the punk band, plays sometimes in, in Berlin. But, uh, no, I don't really have any interaction with old German uh, musicians, really. You did go to... to my band. (laughs) Baboom! You did go to Indonesia, and I heard that Indonesia has the biggest punk scene in the world, but nobody knows that it's the biggest punk scene. Is that true? Was Indonesia pretty punk? It was actually amazing, because there was a lot of uh, psychedelic music also. Uh, a lot of the kids that came to our, our show were really into, like, really good rock and roll. And um, and right before the show, uh, I drank uh, fresh Cobra blood with with uh, barbecue. We, we split a glass of Cobra blood, and it was mixed with the spinal cord of the snake. Did you order this, or was this something you were looking oh, yeah, forward to? Oh, yeah, we to? ordered it. We ordered it. We went to this. And it's funny, because the place you order it, it looks like... Like you know, like a stand at a uh, at a uh, carnival or something like that, and you sit there on this aluminum table, and they uh, this twelve year old kid would reach his hand into this vat of snakes and pull it out and behead it, and then squeeze all the fresh into a glass, and then and then take a toothpick and and pull out the spinal cut it into pieces. And then we drink that, and then after they uh, they skin it and they barbecue it, and we and they mix it with chili and soy, and it's really very delicious. That's like one stop shopping. That's amazing. How was your gig? It was incredible. How was your gig? Did it help the gig that night? Yes, actually, it does make you really uh, really high somehow. And uh, actually, af- right after that, I ate a whole half a bean. Have you ever eaten that? No very strange it's like a it's like a large cantaloupe that's kind of fermenting inside and it's gooey and almost like custard and it, and it stinks in fact the over there the term uh, the term for losing your virginity is is breaking the durian baboom you've learned quite a bit about virginity doing your years in King Kong and the shrines haven't you I know, it's, it's amazing that I've actually been able to remain a virgin for so long. And winding up here with King Kong from King Kong and the Shrines, playing Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, this Tuesday, this Tuesday at the Rickshaw in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, I'm going to play, after I play one of your tracks, going to play something by Hell Shovel. Hell Shovel. Oh, they're great. What can you tell the people about? It's Hell Shovel, isn't it? Hell Shovel. Is Hell there a, Shovel, that's right. Is that a Demon's Claws connection? It is. It's Jeff, Jeff from the Demon's Claws, and uh, it's actually one of my favorite bands of all times. They kind of sound like a, like if Conan the Barbarian and Can united in a in a at a, at a at a saloon, and Billy the Kid was there, and it's just very. Uh, it's like country barbarian music. We're gonna play luckiest man in the world. 
Then we're going to play, actually, something from a brand new single released on Mongrel Records. Mongrel Records, you know, Mongrel Fanzine, which had pictures of you sleeping on a park bench, which I understand is not the <laughs> wildest place that you've slept, isn't it? You've gone beyond that. You Like, you slept in some dungeon in Spain. How come you never... How come, yeah, I have slept in a dungeon in Spain, but how come you never bring me presents? You bring all your other interviewers presents. We're bringing you the presence of tweets. We had the presence of tweets. <laughs> and actually... You're bringing, me, you're bringing me a bunch of twats. And we have a twat right here, a tweet from Chris Burlingame. And Chris Burlingame tweets in and says, In the many, many dozens interviews I've done, I got the best story from King Khan. And in he, really yes, and this is King Kong and the Shrines psychedelic erotic gospel, and this is from the magazine threeimaginarygirls.com from two thousand and ten. So there's a gift right there from Chris Burlingame. So check out threeimaginarygirls.com for one of the greatest best stories Chris Burlingame has. Uh, ever had from uh, what have you got good response from journalists over the years i have actually yeah definitely and actually this whole, calling my album i don't know more it, it seemed to spread the word in a good way a lot of journalists in uh that i got interviewed you know in europe and america had no idea about it so as i mentioned mongrel zine captured you on a park bench and then eventually you moved on to a dungeon in spain is that true was it a dungeon in spain that you slept in uh, i think th i mean there was a dungeon uh but th no it wasn't in spain that was in in holland maybe but that topped the sleeping place that was the number one sleeping place the dungeon the dungeon was pretty interesting, no, but uh, actually sleeping in the park in Vancouver was pretty fun, too. So we bring it back to the park in Vancouver. We are going to play, as I mentioned, Luckiest Man in the World, then a brand new single released on the Mongrel Records label, released today. We're going to hear Richard Cat Wrangler with Little Witch, and then we're going to hear Hell Shovel with Summer's Over. Lastly here... We're speaking to King Con from King Con and the Shrines. Do you remember coming into the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show years ago and then Mark sort of left the room? Do you remember that at all? Do you remember being on my I radio do, I do show? I remember. You, you were, yeah, you were, you were asking us weird questions about, uh, about Adam. It was about Adam? Because I was always wondering what went on there particularly. What's that? I was always wondering whatever happened with that. Um... He just released a new book. Right. And he's the journalist who was in the spaceships. Yeah. There's, also, yeah. there's also a great promo pic of you and Mark, where, like, Mark is spraying, like, chocolate milk on you. How did that happen? <laughs> the, the, we've, yeah, we've had a lot of vomiting in videos. It's an amazing picture, though. Like, he's got a stream of chocolate milk going right into right. A, your face, and you're munching on something. Could you describe that? It's one of the best promo pics I've ever seen. Oh, I, was, I was eating a cheeseburger. And how did was, Mark uh, spray? Like, he's, how could he shoot it so nicely? Like, it was just the way he sprayed on you, and it wasn't chocolate. Was it chocolate, or was it purple milk? What was it? Uh, it was actually melted vanilla ice cream. Looks amazing. And it was... It, yeah, it's, it's, we, have, we have a good crew of special effects people. 
And King Kong and Shrines playing this Tuesday in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all right now before we kick into Luckiest Man in the World? I think I'm, 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 I'm about to go. Uh, are you going to come to the show? We'll indeed check out King Kong and the Shrines. Are you, are you going to bring me a lot of a, a bag full of presents? I think the tweets were as best we could probably do for you. But we'll oh, come on. That's not fair. We'll try to think of something there for you, King Kong and King Kong and the Shrines. Uh, I, got you, I gave you panties at a show I remember once. Thank you very much. I so, appreciate that. Someone, someone shot up panties. And, and How about for your other gigs that you're playing? Like the Pitchfork gig that you did where you played on a roof. I just want to lastly ask you about that. Do you remember that playing on a roof? I thought that was pretty I cool. Do. Like you playing naked basically on a roof in Brooklyn or yeah. something. How was that? In po- Brooklyn, yeah. Did anybody complain? No, no one complained. People enjoyed it. Have you done anything since like that? Uh, playing on the roof? Yeah. No, uh, no, not really. Well, thanks so much again for phoning into the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show, King Con. Keep on rocking in the... Yes? It's great talking to you, too. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do do do
Still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there, Hell Shovel with Summer's Over. And Hell Shovel are going to be playing this Tuesday at the Rickshaw with King Con and the Shrines, who I interviewed just a little while back, live here on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, like a few minutes ago. And before that, brand new from Mongrel Records, released today, Richard Cat Wrangler, Little Witch, from Mongol Records, a 7-inch, a split with Bloodshot Bill, and that's released today, and next Friday, check out some of Bob Scott's amazing artwork that's going to be displayed, opening party, 7pm at Neptune Records, Bob Scott's amazing artwork, which also adorns the cover of this great split between... The bands known as Richard Carrangler and Bloodshot Bill. And before that, Luckiest Man by King Kong and the Shrines. To end the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, going to play something brand new from the Kingfisher Blues record label from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you, Tim, for this 7-inch. A brand new 7-inch by The Beelines from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And we're going to hear you are here by the beelines on kingfisher blues hello tim tim also who works at neptune records where bob's doing his great display of some of his artwork next friday night kingfisher blues 14 226 out of 250 and after that gonna play something by free weed and free weed are from portland oregon and we are gonna hear the track Tales from the Grip. Free weed, not to be confused with weed from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, who have recently released a brand new record that is amazing. So this is not weed from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. This is equally amazing. Free weed from Portland, Oregon with Tales from the Grip. And it's on the Metal Postcard record label. Tales from the Grip, and we're going to end the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show with something by the Bionic Woman, Lindsay Wagner, Great Adventures, the Bionic Woman. So right now, here's the beelines with You Are Here on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. <laughs>
Our story opens. Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, sits listening in the office of her superior, Oscar Goldman. Goldman speaks. Jamie, we have reason to believe that John Crawford is a traitor. John Crawford? Of Crawford Industries? Mm-hmm. But he's always been a loyal American. Why should he be a traitor? We don't know, Jamie, but we do know that Crawford Industries has been secretly developing a disruptor that can stop jet planes in flight. That's incredible. Not really. Crawford is an electronic genius. He could design such a device if anyone could. Our information is that an unfriendly nation is negotiating to buy the disruptor. Where do I come in? Your mission is to stop that sale. Do whatever you have to. Steal the plans, wreck the working model if need be, but stop that sale. Security at Crawford Industries is sure to be pretty tight. How do I get in? Through the front door. Your depose is Jamie Wilson, a reporter for Trend Magazine. You're to pretend you're doing a story on Crawford for their special science issue. Great. When do I leave? Meanwhile, at Crawford Industries, two men are walking together into the office of Mark Taggart, the company's vice president. Taggart, you're certain your office is safe, that it's not bugged? Don't worry, Mr. Peters. Crawford himself made all the executive offices bug-proof with one of his inventions. Any listening device operating in any of the offices sets off a buzzer hidden in the room. You can speak freely. Good. My country is prepared to pay you one million dollars as agreed as soon as the plans and the working model of the disruptor are turned over to me. When will you deliver? As soon as Crawford is out of the way. What do you mean, Taggart? Crawford has to be eliminated. Before long, he'd find out what's happening. What are you going to do? Tomorrow morning, Crawford flies to Washington on business. His jet plane will have an unfortunate accident. You're going to test the disruptor on its inventor. <laughs> Very amusing. No, Peters. This is no test. It's simple murder. The disruptor works. There's no doubt of that. Perhaps. But before I turn over the money... I want to see the disruptor in action. Of course. 
We'll go to the testing lab and you can see for yourself. As Taggart and Peters made their way to the testing lab, the bionic woman sat in the office of John Crawford, head of Crawford Industries. That's about it, Mr. Crawford. Just one more question. Why, certainly, Miss Wilson. Ask away. Are you working on anything new? Uh, uh, well, of course, we're always working on new developments. I meant something specific. Um... I can tell you this. Uh, Crawford Industries has been working on a new device that we believe will be very important to our uh, national defense. Hmm, what is this new invention? Uh, I'm not at liberty to say. But in Washington tomorrow, I'll be discussing it with the proper people. That's, uh, that's all I can tell you. Thanks for giving me so much of your time, Mr. Crawford. Thank you for coming, and uh, goodbye, Miss Wilson. Goodbye, Mr. Crawford. Turning the corner, the bionic woman ducked into an empty office and hurriedly placed a telephone call. Oscar, I don't think Crawford's our man. Why not? He told me about a secret device he intends to give to the government. I'm sure he means the disruptor. Then someone else at Crawford Industries could be the traitor. Look, stay with it, Jamie, but be careful. Right, Oscar. Tuning in with her bionic hearing, Jamie picked up something strange. What's that? It's coming from that long hallway. Jamie's way was blocked by a large steel door. Then suddenly... got to warn Mr. Crawford. And that's the whole story, Mr. Crawford. You must be out of your mind, young lady. I've known Mark Taggart for 20 years. He'd never do anything like that. Please, you've got to believe me. And that nonsense about hearing it all through a six-inch thick steel door. <laughs> I don't know what your game is, but I'm not having any. Back at Oscar Golden's office. It's no use, Oscar. I don't know what to do. They're going to kill Mr. Crawford and everyone else on that plane. There's just one chance. Jamie, you've got to get back into Crawford Industries and wreck the disruptor. You're right, Oscar. It won't be easy, but it's the only way. Carefully avoiding the guards and security alarms, the bionic woman was soon back at the steel door leading to the testing lab. What luck! It's open! Put your hands up and don't move a muscle. This gun I'm holding is no toy. Tagger! She knows you. And I know you too, Peters. What else do you know, pretty lady? I know you're planning to kill Mr. Crawford by using the disruptor on his plane tomorrow. I tried to warn him, but he wouldn't believe me. What are we going to do, Tagger? Stay cool, Peters. Tie her up with this wire. 
Crawford is still at his desk working. I'll get him and bring him here. Then there's going to be a little accident. This disruptor is going to overheat and there'll be an explosion. But you've got to give us the working model, Taggart, or it's no deal. Easy, Peters. We'll take the disruptor with us. What will really explode will be that drum of jet fuel. There won't be enough left of the lab for anyone to figure out what happened. I see. So we'll get the disruptor. And I get one million dollars and Crawford Industries. In short order, John Crawford lay next to Jamie, bound hand and foot with tough strands of wire. <clears throat> you were right, young woman. I should have listened. Too late, John. Peters and I are leaving, but before we go, I'm going to set this pile of rags afire. When the heat gets to the jet fuel, well, that'll be the end. Goodbye, John. Goodbye, lovely lady. No time to worry about giving away the game. I've got to get us out of here, and fast. Now I'm loose. Up you go, Mr. Crawford! Whoa, whoa, wait. What's going on here? No time to explain! In one bionic leap, with a startled Crawford on the one arm, the bionic woman covered the 50-foot distance to the door. They've locked it. Oh, then we're finished. Not quite. With another bionic leap, Jamie covered the full length of the narrow hallway leading to the testing lab. Then... So Taggart and Peters were caught by Mr. Crawford's security men and turned over to the police. Mm -hmm. And Crawford? He's on his way to Washington, with the disruptor. Hey, I call that a very successful mission. Great! Then you buy the lunch. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh oh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I have it coming.